0: Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Wild Cumberland Podcast, co-hosted by myself, Devin Hughes, and Wild Cumberland's Executive Director, Jessica Howell Edwards. In this episode, we cover continuing issues affecting Cumberland Island, including the feral horses, the dredging going on near Raccoon Keys, and public safety in Camden County.
1: We've also finally received a response from Regional Director Mark Faust about the selection of a new superintendent for the seashore and its wilderness. There's a lot to cover. Might want to grab a notepad or a pencil
0: hello wilderness advocates welcome back and thanks for being here first before we get into the bulk of this we want to express our deepest appreciation
1: absolutely this is jessica here and i was so impressed that so many of you joined us every week during national wilderness month for our first virtual trivia night fundraiser series it was an incredibly successful event, but I had a lot of fun learning about Cumberland Island and wilderness and Leave No Trace philosophy. Uh, Even the state of Georgia. So I think (laughs) we all walked away and learned something new.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We had a a great turnout every week. Um, Some technical difficulties the first week, but that's what happens with our first event. Are you
1: kidding? You did a great job. A huge thank you to our team of volunteers who worked so hard to put that together for all of you. And uh, definitely something I think we should do again. But I want to also make sure we recognize and show appreciation for the sponsors who contributed some pretty amazing prizes yes Uh, they are
0: what made this possible for sure
1: we're getting those out the door to our winners but uh i want to give a special shout out rei atlanta donated a fantastic tent uh beauty berry gardens a native plant wendy barnes designed uh offered a number of products we're huge fans of her work beautiful uh Author Wendy Eastman has produced uh, some new novels based on and around Cumberland Island. She contributed several copies of autographed books.
0: Autographed.
1: Yeah. And then artist Nancy Haasetter, who is an amazing potter, especially um, made some wild Cumberland mugs like she does yes. for us every year. So I'm
0: a sucker for for pottery and homemade mugs, for sure.
1: Did you like it? Did you have fun? Did oh, you...
0: absolutely. Yeah. Like I said, we had that first take up, but overall... It was a fantastic series, one that I definitely want to do again. Um, It could even be a a twice a year thing if we really wanted to push it. But you know, that's just me. I shoot for the stars.
1: I liked the platform. I thought it was easy to use. I liked the types of the variety of types of questions we could play with. So yeah, absolutely. I think
0: the the interface was easy enough for uh, the participants to use as well. Um, so I think everyone had a lot of fun with it.
1: My kids just asked us to do it earlier next time so that they could play. Yeah, so they're it not was in their school. Bedtime, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. bedtime. Okay, I got you. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess that somebody enjoyed it. Um, okay, it's October and there's a lot going on. I don't think I'm alone when I say it feels increasingly more difficult to keep up with both the number and severity of issues that we're all facing. Right. Um, but I appreciate that those of you who are here. Also take the time to keep up with Cumberland Island and the the issues affecting the seashore. So as most of you have heard, the government shutdown was averted, at least for 45 days.
0: Down to the wire.
1: Down to the wire. But our public lands remain accessible and fully staffed. So if you're planning to visit the seashore in the next few weeks, your reservation is safe. Uh, It's great to hear. Yeah, it is because a lot of people were on the edge of their seats wondering if their ferry and camping reservations would be canceled again.
0: Can you real quick go over just topical what happens with Cumberland Island and reservations and just the whole operation of that when a government shutdown is in place?
1: So there's actually uh, two points in history where that has happened and they were handled differently both times. So once previously, the in 2013 I think it was the Seashore shut down and uh, facilities remain were closed. It was unstaffed and it was unavailable to the public. And in 2018-19, the more recent shutdown, um, the facilities were closed, but access was allowed to sort of stay in place.
0: You could still get on the island. Yeah, I
1: mean mm. they, but your ferry was not. I mean people could right and did
0: private charters. Yes. okay.
1: but. Uh, Technically, the ferry is um, a concessioner and has an agreement with the Park Service. And so that agreement historically was sort of vacated during that time. The ferry could not transport passengers. Mm. Um, There were suggestions on the table on the edge of this shutdown to potentially keep some of that infrastructure in place, even if the parks were not fully staffed. But thankfully, it didn't get to that point. Right. At least for now for the next
0: 45 days (laughs) we will see
1: what happens in later in November Um, there is a story in our email newsletter though this week about reservations and recreation.gov that our uh, readers and followers may find interesting and it talks a little bit about the controversy and scrutiny over that system so make sure uh, to catch that in our most recent newsletter awesome
0: And at the time of this newsletter, uh, Wild Cumberland had not received a response or update from Regional Director Mark Faust related to the selection of a new superintendent for Cumberland Island. But we do have an update, right, Jess?
1: Yeah, we received a very polite form letter, um, a single paragraph that explained they were prioritizing the um, hiring of a new superintendent for the seashore, but they did not provide a timeline on whether that had, has already been posted available internally or when it will be available externally for public applications. So we included also in the, in the newsletter this uh, go-around, I think, somewhere, a link where you can check and see for yourself when or if they have posted that position.
0: One response is better than no response, right?
1: It is a response. It took four months, but it is a response. Nice.
0: Getting yes. somewhere with it. Somewhere. <laughs> uh,
1: but, you know, there's a lot going on with the Park Service yeah. and – we are cognizant of the fact that they are having a very difficult time finding qualified staff. There was a recent report. Actually, we linked to it. It's called the Federal Employee Viewpoint Survey. Every year they do this. And this year, the national parks ranked 396th out of 432 government agencies when it came to the level of respect employees have for senior leaders. Yikes. That's That's,
0: That's pretty low. So
1: they called to attention, uh, rising attrition while the overall workforce has sort of remained stagnant, um, unaddressed harassment and a culture of retaliation.
0: Mm. Peer.org, right. right? They issued some comments on this that were kind of right on target.
1: Yep. They summed all of this up. You can hear what they have to say there. Um, but I think that they are, are highlighting the challenges we may face in finding a qualified superintendent for the seashore. Hmm. So um, we'll see. We'll keep you updated.
0: Absolutely. And as you can imagine, there have been no updates or details that have been provided uh, related to the seashore dock repairs for recreational boaters.
1: Or the visitor use management plan.
0: Or funding allocations for projects such as its feral hog control program. Invasive
1: species.
0: Uh, An erosion study.
1: Or those sea camp ranger renovations. (laughs) The (laughs) ranger station renovations. So Still limbo. Hopefully... um, you know, we will begin to receive information about new leadership very soon.
0: Don't forget, it is still hurricane season. It does not end until November 30th.
1: Yeah, a Um, lot can still happen. Oh yeah. That the park may need to address.
0: For sure. There's not even a named storm affecting the area right now, but if you have checked the live video feed in St. Mary's, which you can always do, you may have noted it has been inundated with water recently.
1: And actually I I want to I have to correct you, and it's not your fault. You could historically always see that live video feed. But actually, since we sent this newsletter, they had issues with their cables because of flooding. Because
0: of the flooding, wow. so
1: the video feed has not been reliable. I think they've gotten it repaired. But just to say that there have been some hiccups, um, which we may or may not attribute to more frequent flooding issues.
0: Mm, Interesting, that kind of feeds into uh, what we're talking about a little bit.
1: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, you could say that, that's for sure. Um, Cumberland Island, there's no shortage of controversy always. The feral horses remain an ongoing litigation issue right now, but we mentioned in our newsletter that uh, there was a really good Associated Press story about Theodore Roosevelt National Park. And, Dev, I don't know if you're aware, but the park itself initiated Removal of these horses under its livestock management plan. So, um, they're going to be doing a public meeting and an environmental assessment. We plan to listen in on that uh, this month. But we are gathering the Wild Cumberland group to talk about its feral horse population uh, midway through the month. So, um, if October 18th hasn't happened by the time you hear this podcast. We hope you'll join us.
0: Yeah, that's Wednesday, October the 18th. We are starting at 7 p.m. for um, just discussing the litigation updates and generally having an open discussion about the feral horses on the island.
1: Yeah, I think it'll be good to hear sort of the sequence of events and where we are and what we're waiting on next and um, a place for people to ask questions and just sort of discuss what matters to them about it.
0: Also, you won't want to miss an editorial on the Cumberland Island horse population by National Parks Traveler entitled Baffling Management at Cumberland Island National Seashore.
1: Their editorial, Devin, this is exactly how it read. I'm going to quote it for you. For the Justice Department to say that the Park Service should not be responsible for impacts feral horses are bringing, to the seashores threatened and endangered species and ecosystems is a perversity of the national park services organic act its management policies and even the seashore's own view of the impacts these horses are having so i love that they called it out they use perversity right of You know, these fundamental uh, laws and regulations and policies that govern the way the entire National Park Service is supposed to regard our natural resources. Right. And I think it's really important to say, though, that anybody who cares about public lands, our public lands, Cumberland Island or any public lands, should also support the National Parks Traveler. That's who did that editorial. They are the only publication that's dedicated really exclusively to covering public lands, and they do a damn good job. So, they need our support now more than ever. And I encourage anybody listening to this podcast to also check out their website at nationalparkstraveler.org.
0: All right. Raccoon Keys remains closed. Yeah. Dredging. Yeah, absolutely. Dredging has been occurring adjacent to the seashore at Kings Bay. Jessica, what is dredging?
1: So, in order for large cargo ships and certain commercial activity to take place at our ports, we have to deepen the channels. They use large equipment and machinery to go in and remove part of the sediment of the floor of, of these marine areas mm-hmm. so that the boats have enough depth to safely pass through. And Without there are, dragging. Right. There are multiple ways that they do that. But, um, and we link in the newsletter to where you can see what's going on at Kings Bay, which is, of course, the naval base right there adjacent to Cumberland. But they did, they officially closed this area of of Raccoon Keys to receive some of that material. So they take some of that material, that dredge material that they're pulling up from the bottom of the ocean or or the river, and they put it in one spot on Cumberland and then they spread it out to maintain roads. So that's why they dredge and Mm -hmm. where the dredge on Cumberland Island goes and how it's used. Interesting. So they use
0: that material for the main road.
1: Yeah. So they replenish it because especially lots of vehicular wear these days. Yeah. um, And it helps to ensure that the roads are more passable for the Park Service and private residents.
0: So this has been closed to the public since May 1st of this year, correct?
1: Officially. Yeah. Um, Some people may remember we posted a picture of a piece of equipment actually sinking there in the marsh when that first started. So it's been a while. Um, But same project. And in September, we we asked about it and sort of said, hey, you know, what's going on? When is this area going to be finished? And I think they said it was in early September, they said it was nearly complete and that it was going to be spread with park-owned equipment pretty soon. So the superintendent actually told us the material was tested for, physical and environmental parameters Um, but we haven't of course seen that uh, for ourselves we have heard some complaints about the noise level because this is a lot of equipment moving during the business day for visitors on the south end Mm -hmm. Um, and we just always encourage that people give that feedback directly to the park service so that they can um, know it's impacting your experience or the wildlife experience you may have while you're there
0: right So you said they use the um, sediment for the main road. Speaking of the main road, um, throughout the month of August, Cumberland Island National Seashore Fire Management has conducted its mowing and mastication. They've done that along the roads from Plum Orchard to the north end of the island, including Northcutt.
1: Yeah, that's something we we probably should discuss another time is how that machinery and that maintenance affects the wilderness character of of the island. So it's kind of a sensitive topic for us wilderness advocates, Hmm. but yes, mowing and mastication. That was great (laughs) terminology.
0: Uh, the sea camp bathhouse renovations. Yes, we are still on that. Renovations on the sea camp bathhouse were completed at the end of July. As uh, we stated last newsletter as well, everyone is happy to have permanent facilities return. Absolutely. No doubt about that. The temporary bathroom with only two stalls was pretty awful. Hmm. Uh, but there has been some heated discussion among longtime users about the use of concrete in the park. Uh, Mm -hmm. Have you seen it? You can share your opinion with us through a link in our newsletter. You can email us through our website too.
1: Yep. I'm curious to hear what people think it is the only place that they have, to my knowledge, poured new concrete on the island and people have some feelings about it.
0: Absolutely. On September 15th, Cumberland Island National Seashore reported its law enforcement rangers hosted life flight training on the island near the Dungeness Ruins.
1: Yeah, a bunch of people participated in that. They shared some pictures on Facebook that you can check out for yourself. Um, I sure appreciate them staying up to speed on best practices. Oh yeah,
0: because if you've been to the island, you can understand that emergencies uh, on the island aren't...
1: Require a helicopter.
0: Exactly. Yeah, that's that's a great way of saying it.
1: <laughs> and as a reminder, in an emergency, always dial 911 when you're on Cumberland Island. Do not attempt to try and find a park ranger. Please, if it's a real emergency, use your cell phone and call 911.
0: I'm happy to see that they are staying up to date on that.
1: Yeah, but there's some other stuff going on in Camden County related to public safety. Speaking of 911. Mm, what is that? Well, we mentioned this last go around, but... Um, I still want to hear how people feel about it. And the Camden County Sheriff's Office lost its insurance coverage because of misconduct from its deputies. Uh, Things like car crashes and maybe damaging maneuvers might have been involved. They've had the policy reinstated. Um, Good. Yep. But there are a couple, you know, that's, there's some deputies maybe charged with some violent jail incidents. And... Uh, maybe the sheriff is still suing the county over underfunding. So right. there's that plays a
0: huge part in it,
1: a lot going on in public safety in Camden County. Um, we noted also that Camden County is what they call a speed camera community. I wasn't necessarily hmm. familiar with that term.
0: What is a speed camera community? So let me That's the linked. important question, yes. right?
1: So basically these communities have employed cameras to measure the speed of a vehicle and they can be on a fixed spot or they can be mobile and they can use radar or they can use laser and they measure the speed of the vehicles that are passing by. But if the vehicle is traveling faster than whatever the predetermined speed is, then they take a photo of your vehicle and they send that to local law enforcement. So Camden is a community that participates in that program as well.
0: So that's a opposed to actual officers doing the the speed controls i would think right? though
1: if it's mobile maybe an officer could actually employ that equipment sure. in their themselves right. or in their vehicle mm-hmm. so um i don't know if camden's are fixed or mobile or or what those are um but i can tell you that in 2021 camden had like a little less than 700 vehicle crashes okay and that wasn't that long ago 2021 right but in 2017 There were only 200.
0: Mm, That's more than, that's triple, right? That's a really big jump in a really (laughs)
1: short period of time. So I think it's important when we think about 60,000 or more visitors every year traveling through Camden County to reach Cumberland Island National Seashore, whether they're going for the day or for an extended visit, that they are traveling and doing business within these communities. So public safety is an important part of the discussion when we think about accessibility Um, and and making sure that this gateway community is welcoming for all users of public lands.
0: Now, does this information affect your plans to visit the national seashore or Camden County in general? You can submit your thoughts anonymously through the link in our email newsletter. You can also read more about it on our website.
1: Yeah. And if you want to share publicly, you can always email me, but we did create a form where you can submit your thoughts anonymously. So it's there for you. Now, interestingly, this is just kind of a fun fact. Did you know that State Representative Stephen Sains from St. Mary's was named into this House Subcommittee on Sustainable Economic Development? He used to work on Cumberland Island a long time Mm. ago, so he has an interesting sense of place.
0: He's got a connection a little bit. Got a bit of
1: a connection. So I'll be curious to see how his role in the local community um, and his work with sustainable economic development works out.
0: I heard at the age of 15, he apparently worked on the island where he says he spent most of the summer cutting palmetto branches off the sides of the main trail from sea camp to Dungeness.
1: It's not an easy job.
0: No, it's definitely not.
1: I'd love to hear his stories about it.
0: In case you missed it, we linked to several articles in our email newsletter this month that our supporters may find interesting, such as Spaceport Camden.
1: Yep. We don't want to go in depth to all of these, but The Current uh, did do a great job on who benefited from Spaceport Camden. So it sort of follows the money trail, which seems to never end um there's also an article about the recreation.gov fees we mentioned previously the senators are still waiting on answers there and of course the southeast coast network newsletter which is produced by the park service is out for august so you can link there and read for yourself about the types of research that are going on in this region of the park service um we also mentioned, I think the last two things were that the Okefenokee National Wildlife Refuge um, has been nominated or is going to be nominated to the World Heritage List. They are That's trying awesome. still news. to circumvent the mining proposal there. And uh, some interesting reading for those with time on their hands about how roads have transformed our natural worlds and the impact specifically of road noise on wildlife. So some good reading material in there when people have time. Lots of places for people to give feedback and input. And the thing is, we really do want to know what you think. So if there's something we're not covering here or in the newsletter, then please let us know.
0: Or something you would like to know more about. Yeah. Maybe some suggestions on an episode focused on an actual topic. Absolutely.
1: Or special guests.
0: You can email us. Jessica, what is your email address?
1: Jessica at wildcumberland.org. You can also email Devin at devin at (laughs) wildcumberland.org. That's Devin with an I. Yeah.
0: (laughs) That's very important to mention. Uh, That brings us to another important point. We are an all-volunteer team, including myself and including uh, the person who is producing this podcast right now and co-hosting with me as well. Uh, that means we donate our time and talent to ensure the public has access to this information and this contacts necessary to understand issues that impact the national seashore and wilderness in general. Yeah. So if you're interested in helping to staff booths at events, digging into research or planning fundraisers like our trivia night that we just got done with our trivia month rather, mm-hmm. we need your help. Uh, if you can't donate your time right now, please consider making a financial donation to support our work. We're not funded or beholden to any big corporations or special interests. We strive to serve as advocates and stewards, and your contributions help make our work possible.
1: Yeah. Thank you for spending a few minutes with Wild Cumberland today. Stay wild, and we'll see you again in November.
0: The Wild Cumberland Podcast is hosted by Jessica Hal Edwards and Devin Hughes and produced by Vertical River. This episode was edited by Greg Cuson. Don't forget, Wild Cumberland is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. All donations are tax-deductible. Learn more, sign up to volunteer, purchase merchandise and more at wildcumberland.org.